happy holidays and Merry Christmas to all of the listeners, all 25 million people tuning in right now. <laughs> we appreciate your listenership and your support. Um, welcome to episode seven. This is episode seven of the Cornerstones podcast. My name is Parker Billings, and I'm joined by the lovely Mr. and Mrs. G-Boss and H-Boss, Garrett <laughs> and Hannah Bossard. How are you guys doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. We're excited. Yeah, of course, you. of course. Um, so Gareth and Hannah are the fourth married couple I've had on the podcast. They are the third couple that has a newborn. Shout out to baby Zev, who's a really, really, who's freshly newborn. And um, they're the first couple around the holidays that I'm doing. So I'm very excited about that. Obviously, the most romantic time of the year. Um, so the podcast started earlier this year with my sister and Christoph. And now it's ending with Gareth and Hannah. So um, definitely an upgrade there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very excited to have you too. Before we dive in, I will just give some context. So I met Gareth back in 2007. So what, 14 years ago at Villanova. Crazy. Him and, I know, it's so crazy. Um, Gareth looks exactly the same. I know you guys can't see it, but he does look exactly the same yeah. as he did back then. <laughs> That's haircut. <laughs> um, he lived with one of our other best friends, Ben, in the floor below us in our freshman dorm. Um, of course, I hung out with all the cute Villanova girls. So Ben and Gareth, you know, obviously want to hang out with me a lot and <laughs> kind of feed off me. But and of course, I was a nice guy and let them. But, um, you know, Gareth has been a close friend of mine for a number of years. We lived together junior and senior year, along with Ben in college. Gareth and I lived together for three years, right? Three years in New York City. Yeah. One year in Sidetown, two years in Wall Street. Um and yeah, he's been a close friend and close brother of mine. And um, we've had a lot of great times, traveled together around the world. Um, he left me in Barcelona when I got sick one time, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, and then Hannah, I obviously met through Gareth. Um, and Hannah is also an exceptional person. I remember the time that Gareth actually told me, I'll, I'll get into the story later on, but I remember when Gareth told me about Hannah and I was thinking, man, this guy better lock it down ASAP. <laughs> Uh, but it's been a pleasure getting to know Hannah over the past few years and calling her a close friend as well. So, um, and now they're a married couple and have a kid. So it's crazy, uh, crazy to see my, my boy Gareth grow up so quickly over here. Um, but yeah, so we will uh, dive in. And the last thing I'll say is just for people who are tuning in for the first time. So Cornerstones is a platform or a space where couples like Gareth and Hannah can come and share the story of how they met. Um, just explain the journey of their relationship and how their love form and where they are now. And the point of it is to help um, inspire people, to give people motivation, and just to share positive experiences and share positive stories so that other people can benefit. So um, that's the whole purpose of the podcast. And I hope everyone who listens uh, takes away some good advice. So I know we're going to have a lot of good lessons and a lot of good takeaways from this. So I will shut up. Um, I've already talked too much. And I'll hand it over. And Hannah, do you want to just introduce yourself? Give a quick bio. Sure. Um, well, I'm a new mom. Um, yes. We're three and a half months in. Yeah. That's a big part of my identity these days. Um, but outside of that, I'm a psychotherapist um, in private practice. Um, yeah. And where you fr you're from Jersey um, area? From New Jersey. I grew up in the town we live in now, actually, West Orange, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What else do you want to know? That's that's great. That's that's good enough for now. Gareth, what about you? Do you want to just give a brief intro? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm originally from Virginia, um, kind of northern Virginia outside of D.C. Um, after college, made my way up north. And so Anne and I were living up here in New Jersey. Um, a new dad as well. So it's uh, I didn't have a lot of experience with babies prior to Zev. So it's been such a you know, I'll get into it later, but such an unbelievable experience. Um, but, you know, I think I stood part of my identity now. Yeah. Is, is as a dad, kind of similar to Hannah said. Um, and for, for work, I'm in venture capital. So I invest in startups that are um, making agriculture a bit more sustainable um, and investing in startups that are kind of leading to a greener future. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. You guys are a power couple. <laughs> Hannah's saving the world and so are you. <laughs> trying. Yeah. One step at a time. Um, great. And then how did you two meet? We met on a dating app, like the rest of the millennials out there today. Um, yeah, we accidentally connected perhaps um because we were living so far apart uh he was in philly i was in north jersey and i know i didn't have my radius set to two plus hours away from me to find a husband but somehow you know maybe he was visiting you in new york or whatever (laughs) our apps connected us um and by the time we found out that we were so far apart from each other in distance we um we had already like got to talking and and were interested in each other so we both kind of individually i think said all right we'll just go ahead with this first date even though what are the odds that this would work out like we live so far apart um and we both considered backing out last minute but somehow we both decided to go through with it and the rest is history, I guess. Wow. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into that history. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll back up. But um, so you guys been on Hinge, right? Yeah, yes. Hinge. Okay, good. I'm just trying to get some advertising dollars for future reference. But and that was yeah. back. <laughs> that Shout was, out if they want to interview us still. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that was back. Hinge used to be um, like sh- like connected through your Facebook, so it was like friends mm. of friends that you were getting connected to. I don't think it's like that anymore. It's more like a general pool, but it used to be that it was literally hinging off like your Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. We have, we know a few people in common. Yeah, really? So they, who were, do you know, were they close friends or who were the people that really? Yeah. Who went to high school with Hannah. And so who was our mutual friend, right? Yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, and on Facebook. that's so funny. And a, a girl named Jess Struther, who Gareth grew up oh, yeah. with. Mm-hmm. Their dads were best friends. Um, wow. Was in the sorority. So both Greek life connections. <laughs> you should. I'm surprised you didn't name Zev Mark after <laughs> DJ Spaghetti. <laughs> Since he was a mutual connection. Uh, wow, that's really cool. And why did you guys decide to get on Hinge in the first place? Uh, I I was looking for a husband. I wanted a family. I wanted a husband. I wanted 
babies and I, you know, after you leave college, you're not in the pool of people your age, the way that you had been. So, um, that's where, that's where the, the pool was. Um, so I hopped on. Mm -hmm. And Gareth, what about you? I know that you were recently moved to Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it was also where I was, you know, I was pursuing my career pretty aggressively at the time. And, um, so I wanted somebody, I didn't want to spend a lot of time fooling around, you know, so I was mm -hmm. curious about kind of finding a wife, somebody who was serious about at least giving it a shot. Obviously things don't always work out, but, um, I wanted somebody who at least was, you know, let's, let's try this thing. Let, let's be serious. Let's, mm -hmm. let's date. Um, and, you know, so that's why when on Hinge, I also wanted to have some idea of who that person was on the other side of the screen, you know, like having the connection, the Facebook connections, I think it's kind of an interesting way on some of the other dating apps. Like it could be somebody so random. Um, mm -hmm. But with Hannah, there was, there was some level of comfort and it was like, oh, Penn State, we know the same people. So we're having this good conversation. Um, and it was like, oh, she could have been somebody I met at Villanova. Or I would just meet however, you know, just kind of right. kind of naturally. So it felt a little more natural doing it, doing it that way. So um, yeah. it sounds like it was more familiar yeah. um, to you, definitely. And then you mentioned the distance because you're in Jersey and Gareth, you're in Philly. So how did you guys, I mean, you guys obviously, I assume, started talking on hand, sparks were flying, you're into each other. Gareth was digging your pictures and zooming in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you guys, how did you guys finally decide to come together and kind of what, what did that like first date experience look like? Well, like I said, we both considered backing out. Yeah. Because when I realized how far apart we lived, I thought, what a weirdo. Like he can't find a girl in Philadelphia. Why is he willing to come all the way up here to meet me? Like he must Valid. be a murderer or something. Um, and I was like, just so fed up with dating at the time. I mean, it's an exhausting, really hard process. Um, and I wanted to take a break. And one of my friends was just like, you already have this planned. Just go. If it doesn't work out, you never have to see him again, but just go. And so I kind of went into it like, oh, whatever. And um, yeah. And we had a and, good day. And you went, and the first day was in Philly or, or where did you guys? No, I was not. Halfway? No, no, no. I was not. A <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> no, no. I said, you, maybe he can come to my neck of the woods. Right. Uh, I'll meet you halfway in West Orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think actually, Parker, it was something we were talking about it probably around the same time as, you know, when I, so when I saw that Hannah's from New Jersey, I didn't know anything about New Jersey. Um, and so I thought, oh, South Jersey, kind of outside Philly, turns out it's way up outside New York. Mm -hmm. And so I was also like, you know, what the, what the hell am I doing? But then at the same time, I was thinking we really had such good conversation over the app and we were really gelling and you know I was thinking why not take a shot 
Um, yeah. Right. So something we've talked about a lot before. Right. And, um, you know, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Like it's, fr- I think it was Friday night. Um, just, Hey, I'm, I'm young. Let's Hannah's a, you know, beautiful blonde girl. Let me go. Uh, <laughs> let me go see. And uh, obviously <laughs> the rest is history, but yeah, I think taking that shot and being willing to be a little vulnerable, um, look mm-hmm. kind of silly. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, sounds kind of crazy to drive up to that area but um you know i think sometimes if you're vibing with someone it makes sense to put in some of that extra effort um you really never know where you're gonna sort of come across that that person Mm -hmm. mamba mentality (laughs) but it sounds like the first kind of lesson is you know when you get outside your comfort zone and show up and do something that's maybe not out of character, but some of you nor- wouldn't normally do, then good things obviously can happen. Yeah. And, and I was really, you know, I was really, yeah, it really was coming out of a comfort zone. I mean, I was in a new city and there was a lot of new things going on and it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot, but I, I do, I deep down, I believe that actually when you do come out of your comfort zone a little bit, um, that's when good things happen. Mm-hmm. And there, this is a, I mean, what better example of that happening. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's funny because a guy that I know in the city recently told me, I told him I was on the harmony and he recently told me, he goes, what's your radius? And I said, well, New York, obviously. And he goes, set it for the entire country. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, set it for the entire country. And I'm like, why would I do that? He's like, well, if you fell in love with a girl who lived in LA or Chicago, would you really cut it off? just because of the distance. And I'm like, well, no, I mean, 22 year old Parker might, but definitely not 32 year old. <laughs> so I think that's a testament to you two, which is that like, you know, it doesn't really matter how far the distance is. If you two are feeling a spark and a vibe and a connection, then you'll figure out to make, you know, figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what we did. I mean, from that first date, we were, you know, pretty much inseparable outside of like our working hours. So, you know, he would drive four hours to spend a Wednesday night with me just to leave bright and early to get back to Philly for work on Thursday. Or, you know, I would, and I would do the same. Um, and that was just to like spend as many, as many minutes together as possible. That like young love, like willing to right. be exhausted in order to spend time together um mentality right, right. yeah sacrificing sleep in order to just mm-hmm. be with somebody yeah and yeah that's that's true commitment so when you as you guys start to date and get to know each other what did you like about each other like what were some of the qualities about each other that you found attractive and you know that you wanted in a in a partner so interestingly um so I hate dating. I hated dating. It was torture for me. Like I suffer from panic attacks and dates would send me off the deep end. I just would like have true full blown panic attacks. Um, so I tried to be as efficient as possible. I didn't want to go on a million dates because it was truly like insufferable. Um, so I would weed out my matches from the get go. I would ask questions that if we like kind of, um, I would ask about the, 
uh, non-negotiables right up front because mm-hmm. if if these things aren't aligned, then it's not going to work out. So I'm not going to waste my time, you know, getting all worked up and going on a date and wasting my time, wasting my energy. Um, so I would ask those questions and I asked Gareth. And so he passed that initial round and got moved on to the next level of, of actually meeting in person. And, um, and I think what made me like move him on to the next round, if you will, was, um, just this idea that like he was open to the, the hard questions right up front. It didn't scare him, which meant to me that he was willing to be vulnerable and wanting to know me on a deeper level that he was serious, mature. Um, and we like, I think very early on would just ask each other like really hard hitting questions from mm-hmm. on the phone. Cause like we had to, that's how we had to keep in touch. We couldn't hang out every day cause we lived so far apart. Um, so we would just talk and like get to know each other on a deeper level. I think Gareth had a book called um, oh. Emotional Foreplay. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Emotional Foreplay, I think it's called. Yeah. And it was uh, just into intellectual, intellectual foreplay. foreplay. Yeah. And we would just kind of go through the book, which was a list of questions that like every couple should discuss before really before getting married before getting into a relationship in our opinion like you should know these things and if if the answers to any of the questions are concerning to you you know you should um you know consider whether you want to move forward with that person Mm. Um, and so that basically just he owned that book already so that signaled to me the kind of person he was and um that we had a lot of the same interests and values for a relationship. Mm, that's awesome. That's re- that is really cool. And Gareth, yeah. was that around the time that we went to the Rob Hill senior and Eric Thomas, remember you, me and Sean? Yeah. So we went to that conference. I, or, I can't remember. It, it could have, I think it might've been after because you were yeah. already in Philly. Was it? Yeah. yeah. But it, some, some of though, you know, obviously listening to, men like them you know it's that could have been what jogged my awareness to buy some random book like that which Mm -hmm. a lot of people would kind of maybe be like oh wow that's that's really weird but hannah was into it which was um that that was great for me because i feel like you've got a one of the things for me is um having that that friendship and so obviously i was so i was physically attracted to to Hannah, but that's not what I think makes things stick. It's kind of more the friendship. And mm-hmm. as we got to know each other, we became such good friends. And um, you know, I also think Hannah somebody something that nobody else I know of or can think of that Hannah has is how much she values diversity too. Mm-hmm. And just making you know, being a mixed race kid and sometimes I don't fit into certain situations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, going to a predominantly white college and predominantly white area um, where I grew up, you know, sometimes feeling a little bit like an outsider in, in certain situations. Obviously, our our crew, Parker, yeah, 
welcomed me in and um and that was great but you know i think hannah it was so special that she it's almost like she's the same color as me that that's how deeply she mm-hmm. values diversity and um it's just a, it's a part of her life. So when I thought about who's somebody that I want to spend my life with, who's somebody that I want to raise kids with who are, who are going to be, you know, biracial, um, Mm -hmm. who's that person that, that just gets it, um, on such a deep level that that's, that's Hannah. Um, and so obviously I think the combination of my physical attraction plus this kind of deeper emotional side you know it was Mm. like wow i i can't i don't want to let her go so right right yeah too good to be true but she is true (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and um it it sounds like the maturity combined with the intentional you know hannah knowing exactly what she wanted in a relationship and been through the dating process and saying to herself you know how can I find some, how can I find the right match in the quickest fashion? And then you with your, your kind of not, I'm not even up and coming, but just maybe appreciation for um, the intellectual and deeper side of, of a woman. Um, that combination kind of like the spark between you guys is like perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We always so, say that if we had met, at a younger age, like we wouldn't have wanted the same things. Right, right. Wouldn't, it wouldn't have been the right time because of, you know, being young and doing this and doing that and um, needing to learn certain lessons. Like we both lived with previous partners who, I don't know, at the time, maybe we thought were right for us, but yeah. that taught us both, I think, so much about what we want, what we don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, I for me, I think, okay, this is cheesy, but I once heard Lauren Conrad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gareth and I love the hills, so <laughs> no, no denying that. <laughs> I think it was her. Hey, that's not for the public. Come on. <laughs> I will never not watch it if it's on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I, think anyway, it, yeah. I think it was Lauren Conrad who I heard say once that, you know, she always felt like she was playing house with previous partners. And then when she Mm. met her husband, it was like, Oh, this is a home we're building. This is a family. Mm. Uh, And I I feel that with Gareth. Mm -hmm. That's a good distinction. And it goes to show you that timing really is a lot of this romantic equation, you know, because you know, Gareth, you've, always been a mature guy but you've obviously grown since I've met you and um the Gareth who was in his early 20s would not have appreciated Hannah probably and Hannah you said you obviously you know you had to go through a lot of dating and living with someone and just going through that process before you could appreciate the fact that Gareth you know liked that uh intellectual foreplay book yeah you know you know to see that I needed to you know I think every not every girl, but a lot of girls want the, and this isn't a, a knock on you, but I'm <laughs> but it is <laughs> a lot of girls want like the, the cool guy you get out of college and you're looking for like a cool guy who, who knows, who knows all the places and does all the things. Right. And even though 
like Gareth is that he has this other like nerdy side to him. He's kind. He's, um, and I, I think I had to grow out of the, like wanting the cool guy. Mm -hmm. And I ended up with the coolest of them all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely did. You won the grand prize. (laughs) And it's cool because you were talking about Gareth going through the different rounds. And I'm sure he loved that since, since I know he loves watching the bachelor too. So I'm, sure he felt, I'm sure he felt like he was on an episode <laughs> in the season finale yeah exactly he got the final rose um but i hannah also the non-negotiables i think i think that's awesome and um you know i think some people i mean maybe can, you can elaborate yourself but some people might be afraid to oh. even first of all i think it's incredible self-awareness that you had them i don't think people even take the time to think about them and second that you would communicate to them them to someone um so maybe you guys can talk about i mean garrett did you have non-negotiables too maybe you guys can talk about how that conversation occurred um you know i think i didn't have them like hannah did um and so she she kind of came out with them um and i think that was she took it to a deep level kind of from the start and even hannah's mentioned this before and like you just said some people are kind of like oh were you scared to to ask that? Did the other person think it's weird? And it's it's just Hannah. Like Hannah is a very direct person, and I admire that a, a, about her. You you get what you see, um, and I think instantly those those questions kind of. Um, I was like, oh wow, she's she's really serious and. Um, and we were connected on not on surface level stuff like oh hey have you gone to bounce have you gone to, which who knows if it's even cool anymore but it was cool <laughs> and part and I went uh, you know have you been to this place and that place and and that's all good that that's cool because we we've done those things too but I would say immediately she was different and that kind of hit me by surprise i mean you're not totally ready for those kind of questions but it was it was like oh wow she's she's unique mm-hmm. um and i think that really got us off on a on a good start and made me you know i think maybe men sometimes it's harder to open up to be vulnerable i think it's the same for a lot of women yeah should, i'm not one of those women but yeah <laughs> But at least like having somebody who's more confident in that space, it was good for somebody like me who's typically more kind of closed and, and reserved. Um, so also a way how we kind of balance each other out. So was it something you felt like you didn't need until Hannah actually brought that up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I mean, my, my big having a, a lot of those non-negotiables. I mean, I think my non-negotiable was being a kind person. You know, I don't have time for people that are just not kind. Um, mm-hmm. And Hannah, obviously, with with her work and everything she does, it was instantly like, wow, she lives her life really to to help people, whether it's you know mm-hmm. children, her nephews. Um, the inner city kids she was working with at the time, um, you know, her, her clients and in, in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that, that was really special too. 
and the diversity piece you touched upon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, working with, with, um, inner city kids and having, and genuinely the story she told me, I knew she connected with those kids. You know, she embraced her nerdy side, right? You know, she's like this, you know, the, this blonde girl and (laughs) she's around all these, these kids from Newark. And, um, she was never going to be, I think, as, as she, she would never know what it's like to, I think, grow up in Newark. You know, I wouldn't, Hannah wouldn't, Mm -hmm. but she was still able, I think it's so amazing when people that come from different situations are still able to connect with, with these other kids. And so some of those stories, um, about that, and I could tell that she really cared about the kids and it wasn't just a job, you know, it was, she really cared about those kids, really wanted them to, to do better. The facility that she worked at, it was for kids that were troubled. Um, and yeah, so, so I just thought that that, that showed a deeper level of caring about diversity, caring about people, Mm -hmm. um, caring about black culture and, um, lifting black kids that are, that are struggling, um, helping them kind of, um, get better. Yeah. That's really commendable, Hannah. And, and I didn't realize that. So that's really sweet and, and really admirable. Um, anything you want to elaborate on Hannah in terms of the conversation you had with Gareth, non-negotiables or just anything he mentioned now or. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what the non-negotiables were if you'd like. Yeah, please. Um, because I think a lot of these things are things that people wait until the fourth, fifth, twentieth date to mm-hmm. to ask, and that's that sounds crazy to me because if you're looking for something real and you're not talking about your real deep self, then you run the risk of somebody falling in love with the facade that you put on, um, mm-hmm. you know, on a first date and. You know, of course, there's some of that, but if I want a lasting relationship, I want my partner to love me for my weaknesses, my flaws, my baggage. Um, and I want us to be agree on, or at least agree to disagree, know where each other's at on these really important things, because it's just not going to work if not, yeah. or you're not going to be happy, you know, you know, yeah. so I agree. My non-negotiables were things like, you know, one of the first questions I asked was, why are you on here, right? Are you just looking for hookups or are you looking for something meaningful, right? And if you're looking for something meaningful, um, you know, does that mean you're not at this, it doesn't have to be this exact moment, but are you looking for marriage and do you want kids? And, um, you know, I'm Jewish and I knew that Gareth was not Jewish, um, but I wanted to make sure that he was okay with our children being raised Jewish. Um, So that was really important to me. Uh, And I mean, those things are weird questions to ask before you ever meet somebody, but if if you're not ever going to be okay with raising your children Jewish, then why would I go on a date with you if that's so important? Right. 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 Um, That makes total sense. And if you are weirded out by me asking about 
whether you want to get married someday, then you probably are not on the same page as I am right now because I, I knew exactly what I wanted and I wanted somebody who knew what they wanted. Um, so, so yeah, those two questions. And then, um, you know, kind of getting a sense of what his values were, whether he was, um, you know, I think I phrased it in a funny way. I asked like if he was down with the gaze, um, <laughs> and, uh, what was the, what was the other question that I asked? There was one other one. I can't remember what it was. Did you like Indian food? I can't remember. What was was the last one? No, there was another one. I can't remember now, to be honest. But those are the main ones. We passed. Yeah. Yeah. But he passed. No, but that's super important. And thank you for sharing those. Um, I'm sure those are helpful for people who are trying to figure out their own path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's interesting because it's not just about like your non-negotiables. It's almost the way you see the world, what your values are and the foundation of who you are as a person. Yes. And if you, if you kind of see it so differently, it's like really hard. It's like the sex could be great. You could have a lot of fun together going out, but mm-hmm. if you're fundamentally on different wavelengths, then it's kind of last. Right. Right. Exactly. So thank you for sharing. That's all. That's great. Mm-hmm. So so you guys are dating to move forward. Um, talking well, you, about like, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. You had asked about our first date and yeah, I think it's important that we mention, mm-hmm. um, we don't have to get into all the details, but you know, that night we ended up in a cuddling position. <laughs> you, you holding Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was a little spoon. No. Um, and I mean, we I, we both agree that we felt something so magical. It sounds so cliche, but like we fit to our bodies fit together. In, in and I'm talking about snuggling. I'm not talking about anything even like sexual. Mm-hmm. Our bodies when we were snuggling like fit together like a glove. Like it was it was really magnetic, and I had I've never felt a more comfortable cuddle until you know. Snuggling with babies Zev. Sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> it was so magnetic and electric, and I never felt so cozy in my entire life. And I remember wow. thinking it in the middle of the cuddle. Um, and then later, you know, he said that he felt the same, which I always thought like that was bullshit when people are like, you know, we touched or we kissed and it was sparks and, 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 you know, um, uh, fireworks, but it, you know, on, on a just real level, like it, it was something really magnetic and special. Yeah. And that, that was (laughs) particularly weird for me because I wouldn't, I'm not a big cuddler or anything like, like (laughs) Anna brings it out of me. Um, but yeah, it, it really, it felt, it really did feel good. It felt like we were, yeah, like our bodies were it was like a, a a puzzle and you sort of found that, that little mm. map, um, which I never, I never thought I would feel anything like that. I mean, that was just right. kind of, I mean, it, it, it was, it was great, but it, it wasn't something that, that I expected. Um, and yeah, so that was another, from that first date when we just continued 
seeing each other that, you know, I think that mm-hmm. was one of the, the big things that, um, that we both felt in that moment. That, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. That Hannah, that's definitely worth sharing. Um, because it does seem like a fantasy, but then it's real when you actually experience it. And I, I definitely believe it's possible. And I think one more other thing, just to say, you guys have been talking. Were you guys talking for a while before you actually? Not that or Not that Okay. I, th- I mean, I think it was at least like a, a two weeks. Yeah, a week, I was going to say a couple weeks or two so. Weeks, yeah. Okay, but you had you had put in some work. I just I didn't want people to listen and think like, oh, they like first day and then automatically just. I mean, it seemed like you guys had a connection even before you went you went on your first date. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just, yeah, okay. That's why we decided to meet. To go. Right. I always thought it was yeah. weird that someone would connect with me on a dating app and be like, so when are we meeting? Right. And I'm like, <laughs> that's just proof I don't want to meet you. Bye. Right. right like right, right. time, it, that would be a full-time job. If you went on a date with every person that you connect with, no, you got to make sure that they're worth your time and effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, for sure. In the work. For that's sure. great. That's great. I mean, especially going up, making a, a longer trip too. It wasn't like, going down the block and going to a pizza joint, like it was a lot of coordination and, and all that, but I think it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wanted to take a shot, but two, it was a shot that was worth taking because it was something deeper already from talking for those couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, and you know, Gareth, you swallowed your pride and you made the drive and people might say, Oh, we should have met ha-. like, no, like I think you did the right thing and chivalry's not dead. And obviously Gareth is an example yeah. of being chivalrous and hopping in the car and, and coming up to see his lady, you know? Yeah, he was a gentleman. He got a, a gentleman. A hotel for himself so that you know it's not like he assumed she would like get it or anything, you know? All right, he, no expectations. Really he got the honeymoon suite. At the, <laughs> at the at the Hampton Inn down the street. <laughs> um, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So you guys are dating, and then obviously, you know, things are getting better and better. I know you guys took a trip to Miami. I remember seeing pictures there, and you guys looked like you're just having a great time. So you traveled together, which was great. Um, when you guys traveled, did you learn anything new about each other when you went on when you went on a trip or? I think for, well, one really cool thing we did, um, we went to Tel Aviv. Uh, mm, that's went, right. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And that was, that was really interesting for me. I mean, obviously Hannah talking about um, raising kids, wanting to raise kids in Jewish faith and mm-hmm. um, just kind of understanding more of that, that culture. Um and I thought that that was a very eye-opening experience for me. I mean, mm-hmm. going to Tel Aviv, going to Jerusalem, um, and Jerusalem was just one of the most magnificent, I think, places. Um, it's supposed to be what you learned from traveling about me and our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so... <laughs> Me, by by understanding <laughs> Jerusalem, which is something that and, and travel and things that I value, it got me to understand more about Hannah and right. um and something that that was so um, the culture that was so special to her. Um, 
yeah so that's the connection i knew he was getting there (laughs) (laughs) um it's just it's something we both value we both love traveling um seeing new places learning about people um having fun Mm -hmm. eating good food Mm -hmm. um that's that's important that's Mm -hmm. important you know yeah even stuff as basic as enjoying food wanting to go places i mean those are all you know great things that i think a couple has to share yeah i think all the fun all the fun we had traveling i mean you know, we, we've talked a lot about these kind of deeper things, but I think we also get along for surface stuff, like going to restaurants, going to bars, like right, right. drinking, meeting up with people. Um, and that's, it's amplified when, when we're traveling, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so sharing those experiences together and um, being like, oh, wow, there's nobody else I'd rather kind of be in this moment with um, because I like traveling so much and it's, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sharing that experience with somebody makes it so much cooler. And so I think that's one of the things for me too, that connected in my brain, I was like, oh, wow, this is something I could share with this, you know, lady for the rest of my life. We can continue mm-hmm. having this, um, these awesome experiences. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll, ba- you'll go back to Israel at some point together. Brings well, up. We were supposed to go uh, last summer. Yeah. But. Oh, right, right. Because you have family there, right, Hannah? Um, No, they just or, spend some time there. Okay, okay, that was it. I remember Gareth mentioning that. Okay. COVID has gotten in the way. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. For two summers, last summer? Two summers ago. Two, yeah. yeah. Two summers ago, okay. Um, and then when did you know that you wanted to get married and, and marry each other? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this one, I, I don't, I don't know if the specific moment to me feels like a, a fairy tale. Like that's how people think it happens. But for me, I thought it was more like peeling back the layers of an onion, and like we started, you know, with fun conversations, going to restaurants, going to bars, having fun that 20 something year olds would do. So that, you know, that was great physical attraction and, you know, generally getting along. So it was like, okay, cool. Then as you go deeper, you know, we started talking about politics, um, race, psychology, some philosophical type things, you know, intellectual foreplay, other, you know, books, um, and it's almost like it continued just understanding those layers of, of Hannah and getting deeper and deeper, um, after, after knowing her for, um, you know, probably getting to know her for, you know, a year. Um, and then after that time, I was really like, wow, I know she's the, the one for me. And it was kind of the combination of all of those moments where I knew that it was like, there's nobody, nobody can replace Hannah, you know, and and it was, Mm -hmm. it's because of all those, those different things. Um, So I don't think there was really this, this one magical moment. Um, It really is kind of a culmination of 
some of the things we've talked about on this podcast and um, all of that coming together. Mm-hmm. Well, I would add that I think we both kind of from the pretty early on from the beginning, we both knew that that's what we, how we wanted this to end or where we, where we wanted this to go. Yeah. So I had no doubts. I always, I knew that we were going to end up together, but when we met, I was about a year out from maybe even less 10 months out from um, going on a, a long like world world adventure. I was going to travel for a few months. And so I told him right up front that this was part of my plan. Um, and so I think Gareth, you know, understandably had some reservations, you know, what are you going to be, you know, what are you going to be doing on this long trip? And I'm going to be home working and going about my life. And, you know, you're going to be out gallivanting the planet. Um, you know, we had plans to move in together like the day I got home, but he, he was aware that anything could happen. I think it was like a protective thing, right? He doesn't want to get crushed. If I don't know if I didn't come back or if I fell in love with some foreign man, I don't know. Um, but for me, that was not at all what I was doing on this trip. It was, um, it was about me. It wasn't about like, uh, you know, partying or meeting guys or anything like that. So I had no doubt. I, I mean, in my head, I was going on this trip and coming home and moving in with him. And then we get engaged and we get married and we'd have babies. Um, <laughs> but he needed to see me come home and see how it worked out when we, you know, moved in together and, and, and really were in each other's space 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, before he like allowed himself to let his guard down and say, Oh yeah, this is, this is what my future is going to be. Yeah. And I think that's, I didn't even know that about myself until Hannah just said it, but I, she, she put it really well. And um, yeah, I guess it, it was kind of after she went away and, um, came back and moving in together. I thought that was, that's going to be something where we, we find out so much, you know, it's like these are these small everyday moments. Are they still fun? Are they still enjoyable? Um, and actually our first week that we were moved in together was we had a whole problem with our movers um, and then that first week was one of our harder weeks um, of our relationship. I don't know what was going on, but we just weren't jiving. And it was kind of like, oh, wow, I don't know. Did I read this wrong? Hannah's thinking the same thing. Did she read it wrong? Because we're both sort of just not getting along. Um, but that passed, obviously. And then um, that that if that's a moment I, I point to, yeah, I guess where I let my guard down and um, I really knew that, oh, everything that I, that I thought and that I felt was, was true. Um, so yeah, yeah. I agree. So that was moving in was, you know, the stepping stone to getting married and taking it, taking it to that level. Yeah. Just cause I think I don't, 
I've always, I don't know if I've been scared or what of, you know, it's, I, I want to enjoy life, you know, and you see people that are just bickering and arguing and doing all this stuff all the time. And I, I knew I didn't want that. And I knew these, these small moments that, that are life, like it, life isn't necessarily always these big moments. It's the everyday stuff. Um, and Hannah and I just have so much fun doing that together. Um, and I think it's, it's amplified when you're in the same, sharing the same space, you know, I'm, you know, if I'm, I'm not as cleanly in certain ways as Hannah. Um, so learning about those things and then is, does do those small things annoyances that every that every couple's going to have it, it's unavoidable you're going to have them but are you still able to have fun or do you still love each other does that cause any you know serious problems and and it never did for us like we had our normal challenges but um kind of moving in and being purposeful about that um it 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 kind of solidified where I was like, oh, we, we could do this for, for a long time, you know? Yeah. 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 It's almost like you guys went into it saying, we're going to make this work. Not necessarily like, does it work? Cause it seemed like it already worked. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just about kind of ironing out the final, you know, the final pieces. Yep. Um, and did you, Hannah and Gareth, did you guys have an idea of what, it meant to be a husband or what it meant to be a wife. Did you, did you think about that at all? I would say that, um, I think Gareth taught me unintentionally, um, so much about how to be in a healthy relationship, how to, how we wanted our relationship to go and our marriage, what we wanted it to look like. Um, he doesn't, he never like accepted, um, no, but you're always pushing me to like be better. And like he never accepted mediocrity. Yeah. He wants me to, he wants us to be the best that we can be. So he, he has, he pushed me to learn about things that, you know, from my past things that I learned that, um, that I didn't want to repeat in my, in our family. And I think he would say the same thing about what, you know, what he brings from his family of origin. Um, and both of us kind of, kind of calling each other out on, on things that when you're in them, you might not recognize as changeable or you, you, you accept them as, um, as fact when, if you're brave enough to admit that, oh, maybe this pattern that I learned um, or that I have or that I've seen isn't the healthiest it can be, and then working to find a new way, um, I'd say he helped me do that in about you know around several things. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and Karen, um, what about you? Did you think about the kind of husband you want to be or kind of father you want to be? And I mean, was that something that you kind of proactively thought about, I guess, before taking that step. Um, I, I d- how specific yeah. do you want us to be? Extremely. 
I, I mean, I, I think for me, yeah, on the the husband and, and father side, probably, um, you know, my, my parents are divorced um, and they got divorced when I was, it was official when I was about 18. So, you know, pretty, pretty raw age. Um, and that's, that's something that I, I didn't want to repeat. So in terms of doing the best to be kind of a, first, a, a good husband, that was something that I definitely had on my mind. And, you know, was I even ready to, to be that, you know, I'm not, I wasn't necessarily in a rush to get married. It was more, it was very much a choice and thinking about, am I really ready to make this step? And I was, um, like we talked about timing, you know, I, I was there and, um, there were some things that I learned from my parents that I was, I knew, okay, I'm going to take this and change it and kind of try and change that that narrative. Um, so there definitely was a lot of, of thought about how to be a good husband bef- before asking Her- Hannah to, to marry me. Um, and then I think, yeah, I mean, in, in terms before becoming a dad, yeah, there was, there was a lot of thought, but I think for that one, I just, I had no idea what it meant. No idea. Now Hannah and I talk about, we just have the most respect for for parents out there it's it's so challenging but it is so it's the best thing i've ever done um and i was personally very anxious about becoming a new dad because i figured it would be challenging and i didn't know exactly it's not like a without a textbook and you know you kind of read and study the test or whatever these things are it's just so um it changes minute by minute. Um, but I, th- I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, I think it's good to think about that. Am I really ready? Because both of these children plus marriage is such a, a commitment and it's almost like it's unfair to yourself and, and of course the other person, if you haven't given it some thought, um, mm-hmm. you know, because because of the because of the size of the, the commitments. An ongoing work. It takes ongoing work. Yeah. Every day. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the sense of putting you two above each other individually and like making continually make that sacrifice. Yeah. We're you know, making the, the conscious decision to honor our vows and respect each other as individuals, respect our relationship as a couple, respect our roles as parents. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Garrett, thank you for sharing about, you know, your parents and your dad. And, you know, I think that some people might say, Oh, I, don't want to do what my parents did. So I'm going to run away from marriage. I don't even want to go down that path. You know, it's, it's kind of a source of trepidation, but for you, it, it sounds like it was a big, you know, it was an opportunity for you to learn and to say, you know, I kind of want this even more. And, you know, I'm sure you're going to be that much better of a husband and father because of that. Um, 
not that you would ever want that to happen to your parents, but I'm saying just, yeah, you know, it, it kind of amplifies everything or like you're extra sensitive to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what we do. Hannah and I do as a couple is any negative or not negative. I would just say a, a situation that doesn't go in our favor. We really use it as a tool to get better. So instead of, you know, I had an experience, parents divorced, right? So instead of running away from it, if it's still something you want to pursue, just think about a way that that you could do it better. Um, and when Hannah and I, like every couple, get in fights and, and you know, arguments or whatever, um, we're always able to grow from that. It never sets us back. And I think even lately after going through a challenging few years, I mean, everybody from COVID to, you know, we bought a house this year. We had a baby this year. We did so much this year. Um, lots of high emotions, lots of anxiety, lots of pressure. Change. Change. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and, but like, not that I didn't love her before, obviously I did, but every day it's like, it's growing because we're going through these, these challenging situations. And so I think that's unique too, is the bat, the, those challenges will come up and it's not like trying to avoid them because they're inevitable, but it's, mm-hmm. it's this kind of, um, probably staying calm enough and curious enough about the other person to think, Oh, what's going on in their world and how do we use this to become a better couple mm-hmm. that's a, yeah sorry go ahead Hannah I think everybody has a responsibility to do better than their parents did um, and you could have the best parents in the world but there are going to be things that you take away and say I want to keep this going. I like this trait, this characteristic, this pattern, this habit that I learned from my family. Um, and there are going to be things that you want to improve on, um, or that you don't like, or that aren't healthy or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and we decided a long time ago that we were going to break certain cycles and, um, and work on those things. And as well as, you know, acute things that come up between us, um, be curious about them and, and work on them and grow from them rather than let them be, um, you know, barriers to connecting basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's really mature of both of you. And, um, it sounds like you push, you got, you guys push each other in a, you know, an equal way, um, where it enhances your, not just you as a couple, but your whole family, you know, with Zev being there and he only benefits even more from all of that. Yeah. Um, and is there anything that you attribute to that? I mean, is it just having that, where was it both of you coming together that helped each other or like, where do you, where, where did that source come from? Where were that wherewithal to say, Hey, we don't want to repeat. We want to be better. You know, we want to have a better future. Where did that come from? I don't know what you would say, but I'll go first. I, th- um, I think that my, um, you know, my professional training, I think gives me a unique insight into mm-hmm. family systems and 
relationships and, you know, individual insight. Um, and, you know, my own individual work that I've done um, on my own, you know, childhood traumas and um, dysfunctional family of origin that, um, that, you know, I, I, you know, we all bring with us everything that we've been through. And I think that we both, um, it was another thing of, you know, another, um, nod to how important timing is because I think we we're both just in the place to um to kind of take everything that we've been through everything that we've learned and then we met the right person that brings out the best in each other you know mm-hmm. ourselves and and we mm-hmm. are we have you know a similar goal um for our future so we Um, help me out here. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction. If I had to label, if I had to label one thing, I think it's um, communication is, is what's been able to, I think, allow us to not only take work on ourselves, but then, use communication to make us a, a, a stronger couple. Um, and in communication, I mean, and, and communication is something that I was horrible at. I mean, you know, I come from, you know, on my mom's side, they're, they're farmers in the middle of nowhere, England. Um, and, you know, communication just isn't a, it, it, it's not kind of a, a big part, you know, being English too, you're, you're sort of a little um, reserved and, and shut down in, in certain cir- circumstances. Um, but, but I think for anything that, that Hannah and I are, are going through, we're able to communicate about it and not, and assume positive intent. Um, so in, if I'm, mad about something or if Hannah's mad about something deep down we assume like Hannah was saying we have the same goals we have the same life outlook we have the same I mean very similar outlooks outlook about a lot of things um just assume positive intent there I'd say that's our relationship motto yeah Mm -hmm. um and, and then being able to communicate about that it's like we can get through I feel like we can get through anything that that comes up and it's not i mean i've kind of already said it before but these things don't act as as setbacks like if you're able to communicate if you're assuming positive intent anything that happens you can kind of work on it look at it objectively hannah helps me with a lot of stuff she makes me a much better person um emotionally and then and then i think i support hannah on other things. Um, we don't let our egos yeah. into our relationship. Right. Mm. Um, That's good. Trust that we both want the best for each other, the best for our son. Um, so if 
something doesn't go the way that we wanted it to, right? If he doesn't do something I wanted him to do, or I don't know, he's not behaving the way that I expect him to, instead of assuming that he's being malicious, that he's, you know, doesn't care about me or doesn't want to hear what I have to say, or, you know, doesn't respect something, I don't know. Instead, I, you know, try my best to be curious about, oh, you know, why is it that he didn't do this thing that he promised to do? Or, you know, why is he behaving this way? Um, And if I go into it with curiosity rather than, um, you know, coming from uh, a defensive place, um, we usually get to the, to a, uh, an understanding that, you know, we just have conflicting needs sometimes. And that's just the nature of human beings that, Sometimes both of our needs can't get met in the same moment. And just because he's getting a need met doesn't mean that mine doesn't matter. It just means that maybe his is, is needs to be the priority in that moment. And the next moment will be my time to get that need met. And so being able to say, you know, his rest in this moment is more important than that garbage being taken out or, you know, something stupid that couples fight about all the time. It's not that you don't respect our house. It's not that you don't, um, you know, want to help me with these chores or whatever. It's that, you know, he needs to refill his cup and, and that's in that moment more important than this chore. Mm -hmm. Having that outlook, you know, Gareth, what you mentioned, the positive assumption and kind of what you said about not letting your ego kind of get in the way it seems like that's so vital when it comes to growing together as a couple, mm-hmm. because you to your point, Hannah, if he doesn't do something you expect and you assume that he is being malicious, then the thick brick wall just continues to grow and grow. And then it's so hard. I feel like to make progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's an awesome about being curious. Hannah, I think, I think you said that perfectly. It's like, what, let me ask why first, instead of just assuming the worst. And, and we also have to learn that. Yeah. We, that wasn't always the case. Assume. Huh? Yeah. yeah, we yeah. had to get there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Want for sure. Listeners to think like, <laughs> oh, just right out the gate, everything's always just perfect and we get along and we're, you know, and we do, but it's because we put in the work. We have the hard conversations. Okay, one, you know, at one point we noticed we kept having the same not fight, but like argument, right? Like, why aren't you helping me around the house? Why, you know, the thing all couples have these conversations. And it, it took kind of like beating the dead horse to, and with, but with compassion and empathy and, and curiosity for us to get to the place where we're, we're now understanding that, um, there's a different way of approaching that there are different reasons than just malicious intent. It's, it's actually, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really kind of beautiful evolution of our relationship and i I think having the the guts to to have those conversations i mean when we first met i was more like avoid 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 i don't want to talk about if there's kind of if i'm upset if she's upset i don't want to talk about it i don't want to hear it from her hannah did not accept that from me (laughs) um and that's great because i think that's one of the things where she's made me a better person where now I'm actually 
pretty comfortable having these conversations. And I would say it, it helps you in every aspect of your life. I feel like I'm having better conversations with my parents, with Anna, with, with lots of other people. Um, so at, at work as well. Um, and so I think just being willing to, to have those conversations that that's a big part of it too. Cause it, it's, it's easy to avoid, but it's like a bandaid, you know? Um, I feel like you, you got to do it or it just blows up into something big. Um, instead of just acknowledging that, you know, living with somebody, doing a life with somebody, you're gonna, you're gonna get annoyed, but that's, that's fine. Just talk about it and, and move on from there. Great. Well, so to get into the final segment, um, so you're currently married, you have a baby, a baby son. Um, can you talk about how life has been different since Zev entered the world? I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's been, I, I figured that life would change once, once you have a, a kid. Um, and it's probably changed more than I ever could have imagined. Um, I, I think as a being in a healthy relationship, it's, it's brought us having Zev here has brought Hannah and I so much closer. Um, I don't think if it's not necessarily a healthy relationship, I don't think having a kid solves it, but I think if you're in a healthy relationship, um, a, a, just such a gift. Um, you know, I think Zev, he just made, he's making our life so much more fun and it's helping. I, I think Hannah, or I, I feel closer to Hannah and seeing all that she went through during pregnancy and, you know, putting us in this situation where we have this little guy is, is just the most special thing in the world. Um, you know, it, it, it comes with the hardships. I, I feel like, you know, having an hour to do this podcast is, is crazy. You know, having five minutes to even having a couple minutes to like brush your teeth, it, it, it's hard to squeeze in that, that time. Um, so it's very different. And I think Hannah and I have taken the compassion, the understanding of ourselves and, and it's like, we're getting better as a, as a couple, um, with, with Zev here. So uh, obviously um, lots of change, lots of challenges, lots of happiness. Um, but yeah, it, it, life has changed. It's changed a lot. And Gareth, what you said about, you know, having a kid won't solve a bad marriage. I think that's important too. You know, that's an important thing to note is that you already created a healthy space with Hannah. Yeah. And that was, that was really important for bringing Zev into that world. You know, Zev is not going to be cure any problems you have. So, yeah, it, that's exactly right. He is enriching to our already, um, you know, fulfilling, happy, healthy relationship. Whereas, um, you know, bring, I mean, it's hard having a kid. It's hard being a parent. So bringing in this, um, you know, this, new human into the mix who's um needy and demanding and all consuming um you know that's gonna 
burn a relationship to a ground to the ground if it's not already really stable. Um, and you know, like we've already talked about, we seem to get stronger and healthier and closer with every challenging situation that we go through. Um, and new parenthood is just another example of that. Um, we learn more about each other every single day. Um, you know, him being in this world, Zev being in this world just like makes our lives both harder and happier. Um, like, I feel like I finally understand what people always were saying, like, you know, what they meant when they said that it, it, that it adds so much to your life. Um, because it's true. It's so demanding, but it's so rewarding. And it's Mm. such a pleasure to do that with somebody who you respect, who you love, who you feel respected by, you feel supported by. And he's such a great dad that I, it sounds so stupid, but like, I, not stupid, but I guess cliche seeing him be a dad has made me love him even more because it's, it's just so like beautiful to see um, how involved and caring and attentive he is. That's sweet. That's mm-hmm. really sweet. There are going to be some tears that are going to be shed when people listen to this, but that really is great. And, um, you know, watching you two become a mother and father has been, you know, it's been awesome to watch from the outside. You two are, are great at it. And, you know, every time I see a picture from Gareth or hand on your Instagram or I get a text from Gareth, it just, you know, makes me smile to see how much you love, how much you two love being parents. Um, and it sounds, Hannah, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds similar to being in, in a romantic relationship or, you know, a relationship with your husband, which is, you know, there's a lot of work, but it's, there's so much joy and so much reward that the work is just an, a means to a greater end, you know? Yeah. 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 The, um, I think the work that we've, we put in and the honesty and authenticity that we've put into our relationship um, helps us to like, has led us to, to this moment, which is for me um, like exactly where I'm supposed to be. If, if you're not honest and authentic when you're developing this foundation, um, Mm. it's, it's not going to be a strong base. It's not going to be, things are going to be off. And um, you do the work up front and and ongoing, but really put in the work up front by being honest and vulnerable, and um, and the result is a happy home, happy relationship, and an exciting future. Yeah. Speaking of future, how many brothers and sisters is Sev going to have? You know, as soon as he popped out, Gareth starts talking about our third child. Uh, I hated pregnancy, so I don't know if three is in the cards, but... Getting greedy, Gareth. <laughs> we'll see. Well, it sounds like he's, you're going to have at least one more. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And then any uh, any final you know, lessons or takeaways or anything. I mean, you guys have been giving great, 
you know, feedback and lessons throughout the whole podcast, but anything that you guys want to end on? Um, go ahead. You know, I tell my clients this, my young 20 somethings who hate dating, um, and are afraid of rejection, um, just want something to stick. You know, they so badly want something that they're, they put up the facade and they, they accept, you know, they look past red flags. Um, and I really encourage them the same way that I'll, I'm encouraging all the listeners out there <laughs> um, to, to do the scary thing and be vulnerable and be honest. Um, you, you will get rejected because you can't be liked by everybody and that's okay. Um, but the person who is going to treat you how you deserve to be treated is going to love you for, like we said earlier, like all of your um, weaknesses and your dreams and goals and quirks and um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, so show it. And people who can't handle that aren't worth your time. Um, just be you and allow yourself to be loved for who you really are because it's worth it, even though it's scary to do it up front. Well said. I don't know how you're going to top that, Gareth, but you can. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, top that. So let's. Uh... <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you two are um, a ex really exceptional couple. You know, I mean that you are very mature. You respect each other a lot. Um, you can tell the chemistry is real. The love is real. Um, and it's great to see you two continue to grow together. Um, you know, I remember when I went to go stay with you guys in Philly. I mean, Hannah was just so sweet, thoughtful. I came home with perfectly made bed on the couch with with an advil <laughs> advil pack <laughs> i need i needed about four of those advil packs at night, but, <laughs> but no hannah just you know this is the way you took care of gareth's friends i mean i was like wow she must treat gareth like a king you know and i know you do and you treat her like a queen gareth and it's just it's really great to see how much you two have built you know you talk about playing house versus building a home it's great to see how you two have built that home together and that's really good advice too, actually, to, to you know, add to that is a good person surrounds themselves by good people. So if, you know, a guy or girl's friends are nasty or um, unkind or, um, you know, not respectful or whatever it is, you know, it, you are the company you keep and from the minute that I met you and, you know, the other guys and girls, um, you know, it, 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 it solidified what I had assumed about him, that he was kind and generous and loving and insightful and all of those things. But, um, but he, you know, the company he kept was, was that way. And so I think that's a good piece of advice too, is that like, what are, what are, what are, what are his relationships like? Mm -hmm. um, because if they're, if somebody is in unhealthy relationships with friends, with family, it's only a matter of time that those, um, those behaviors trickle into the relationship as well. 
Mm-hmm. Or true. strangers too. How do you treat a stranger? Yeah. Yeah. Service workers and the homeless. And right. Can I add an anecdote here? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it, please. This cute ass guy right here, um, <laughs> you know, he would walk past on his way to work from his apartment in Philly um, to the office. Every day he would see this same man who was, um, you know, experiencing homelessness. And he was really curious about this guy's story and how he ended up homeless and down and out. And, you know, most people would try to avoid eye contact and maybe drop a couple pennies in a cup if he was holding one. But Gareth took the time to, I mean, maybe this was the moment I knew that I loved him. Um, or I, you know, just got a real sense of who he was because he, he, he not just had the thought, oh, I'm curious about it, but he sat down next to this guy and got to know him, chatted with him, got to know his story and, you know, then started seeing him around Philly and, and, um, Mm. and that's special, right? He saw this person, most people try to avoid eye contact, but wanted to know him and, um, I don't know. That spoke to just the kind of person he was. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. That's, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Gareth is that kind of guy. I actually remember, I think you telling me that Gareth, um, about the guy who, who was on your way to work and yeah. you take care of him. And yeah, Hannah, it's one thing just to kind of throw some money at a, at a problem, but it's another thing to actually take interest. And the definition of the cool guy, I mean, your definition of cool is that. Yeah. Whereas some people, the cool guy, quote unquote, may just walk right past and say, not my problem. I don't want to get entangled. I have a reservation at the hot new restaurant down the street. <laughs> right, right, right. Gareth, I know Gareth also takes the time to chat with him on the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a man of, of many phases. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's great. Well, I cannot wait for Zev to hear this recording one day. Yeah. He's going to be so, so proud of his parents. Um, we're embarrassed yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um but thank you so much you two for joining i mean this has been awesome and uh i've learned a lot i know everyone who listens is going to learn a lot and um i'm just excited i'm really excited and i'll see you all in about a month right that's right and thank you for um i mean this cornerstone podcast i just want to say that I think this is great work, you know, and as I hope it's helpful for all the listeners, I'm sure it is. And when I was going through meeting Hannah and kind of earlier in my relationship, I wish I could have stumbled upon something like this. So keep up the good work. I'm glad you're Thank uh, you. doing this. It's, it's super cool. And it's I'm sure brave. it's, it's brave. It's, um, you know, I think you're, you're a great host and this is, this is your thing. And I'm, I'm proud of you also as a Thank you. friend. So. Uh, thank you thank you i appreciate well couples like you two or like you all just make it what it is and um i'm thankful for that and so yeah yeah can we keep going yeah (laughs) (laughs) call someone up and (laughs) get involved all right episode number seven cornerstones podcast last episode 2021 that's a wrap shabbat shalom everyone (laughs) (laughs) see you guys Bye. bye